Welcome to No Challenges from Rating. I'm Ben Rothenberg. Joining me from California is my dear friend, Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Hola, Ben. Hola, que pasa? We are here to talk about someone who speaks much better Spanish than that. Juan Martin Del Potro, who played what we believe will be his last match of his career, and he's making some essentially like an retirement at the Argentina Open in Buenos Aires. Last week now, the majority of this episode will be an interview I did with Alfredo Bernardi, who is a longtime tennis correspondent for La Nación, which is a leading Argentine newspaper who covered Del Poe during a lot of his formative years of his career. So that'll be the main part of this. But Courtney, I wanted to get together with you just to sort of share some some Del Poe memories and, and reminiscences and stuff. We uh, obviously watched his final match. We had opinions about the drop shots, which you don't get into the main shot. We can talk about the drop shot. I still have... I'm undaunted on the drop shots. People were so mad at me. Anyways, oh continue. Gosh. It was ridiculous. Uh, anyway, Del Poe hangs it up finally. He has not been a presence on tour the last few years. He has not been around. He hasn't played since 2019. He hadn't played since 2019 Queens Club when he slipped on the grass and re-injured his knee against Denis Shapovalov. Came back essentially for what he said in a very tearful pre-term press conference as it sort of set the stage for this whole week. He said it was coming back for more of a farewell than a comeback. Wasn't at full capacity. It was clear during the practices and certainly during the match, which he lost 6-1, 6-3 to Federico Del Bonas, uh, his compatriot there. A lot of emotions, obviously, lots of tears for Delpo, as was kind of always the case. Good times, bad times. You knew Delpo was going to cry. And there was a big outpouring of, of love for him in the tennis community worldwide, certainly the American tennis community, even for this guy who's not from here. But what did you make of the whole sort of week that was in, in Delpotum? It was interesting because, I mean, first of all, love the guy. Um, loved covering him back in my covering the ATP side days. He was always incredibly kind and thoughtful and looked you in the eye, treated the press really well. Um, he just engendered uh, and earned so much goodwill, not just from, I think, the press corps, but also from the general tennis community. And Ben, you were on it. Like, I think that that night after his his match in Buenos Aires, uh, Pam Shriver held like a Twitter spaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people just to talk about Delpo and give people a platform to talk about Delpo for about three hours. And, you know, it was a lot of people all around the globe, whether it was from down in Argentina, from from India, from a lot of love from the States as well. Not a lot of Europe, but it was time zone related. They were asleep, yeah. so it was understandable. But I thought that it was really interesting because the, the themes that kept coming up, there was just so much love for this guy. And what was coming up was a lot of like people would call in and they would say, now, look, I'm a Federer fan, but or I'm a Roger fan, but or I'm a Novak fan. But and it was this guy transcended fandoms. Yeah. He was able to, as somebody who was beating those players in very big matches, like matches that remain scarring for their fandoms. And people were like, oh, man, I love that guy. And I think that that was what was really heartening. And I think kind of my biggest takeaway from that whole discussion and that conversation was just realizing and really kind of marinating in this idea of this very tough needle that he was able to thread, especially as a dude that's as tall as he is. <laughs> but but he was able to thread this needle of being this fan favorite, this quiet guy. Everybody's like, he's so humble. All the fan stories of interacting with him and he would mm -hmm. always take photos with people, all that sort of stuff. And yet possessing this hammer of Thor, Molnir you know, hammer in his hand, being this world beater, this big three beater, 
you know, from such a young age, like we forget to like contextually for him to win the 2009 yeah. U.S. Open at what was he 20, 21? I think he was 20. 20, 20 right? Yeah. yeah. Like think about what we're talking about with like the next gen right now and think about what Delpo did, you know, at that U.S. Open. It's nuts. Um, to, and those guys at their peak. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, but um, but yeah, but that he was able to do all that and yet everyone loved him. And he, you know, and he was whiny on court and he was emotional. I mean, but you still loved him. You forgave him for it. It was, I don't know, like, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what it was about this guy. What X factor did he have? Because we have not seen anything like this in the last decade outside of Delpo, I think. And I don't know if we we have it now, like, looking ahead, this charisma and game, that combination that he had. I think that the charisma, maybe like a Galmafis is comparable on charisma, maybe a little higher. But there's something, but Delpo had it as right, as winning big matches against big players, winning he a won. Grand slam. There's right, charismatic people. And, and he, he also and he also did it. I mean, people talked about how he, he won, but he also lost a lot. Like there was all in those big matches, people talked about how he was unlucky with his injuries and this huge, you know landslide of injuries coming at him and basically every joint in his body at some point right wrist left wrist knee all had issues and that's absolutely true and that was the main source of sort of unluckiness for him but also he was in the big three era too like he made a couple really really strong comebacks and a couple you know he was down and out repeatedly yeah. really kind of oscillating thing um which is why it was impossible before we knew the context of his 2022 comeback impossible to say like hey you know maybe delpo could be, get back into the top 20 this year who knows like he was seen him do it before and this was just basically one time on the canvas too many in the end it seemed like for him uh in this way but yeah but he had a sort of grace and magnetism and quietness and just this sort of this thing that just drew people in on court this sort of magnetism i still remember this second set he played i'm not gonna get the year right but the second set he played once at the u.s open the quarterfinals i think against djokovic it was like this like amazing amazing set and just had the crowd you know, out of his hand and Djokovic was playing really well too. Perfect sort of like puncher, counter puncher kind of match. And just, yeah, the way that he hit that ball was just for this like, oh my gosh moment every time in this sort of breathtaking shot that you just, there's nothing like it in the sport. And, and yeah, he, he's on paper. It, you wouldn't think that he would earn this sort of, you know, accolade on us. I talked about this with Alfredo in the main interview. Like he statistically is the same on paper as Marin Cilic. And that's yep. not a knock on Marin Cilic. Nope. But like, yep similar very similar careers on paper but delpo is delpo and it's beloved and you know we get into a lot of the stuff in in the interview with with alfredo about sort of the dramas that happened in in argentine tennis there was a lot of of bad blood at times in that sort of relatively isolated tennis world down there that we don't hear as much about but davis cup drama with with nalbandi and with the federation that he had lots of different sort of stuff but because he wasn't playing Buenos Aires because of those various beefs, he would come up to, to Delray Beach and be beloved there. And wherever else he was going, you know, he was someone who was just, yeah, sort of a citizen of the world in this in this tennis way, as much as he did get uh, Argentine support pretty loyally and pretty vocally in the ole, 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 Delpo, Delpo chance could be heard <laughs> anywhere. Still was someone who just, yeah, had this sort of crossover appeal of being a, a pretty unproblematic fave in a lot of ways that was was nice to have. Yeah, it was, you know, that love that he experienced worldwide. And yeah, like until it had come up a little bit during the Spaces call about some of the stuff in Argentina. And, you know, every player has a weird 
relation, not every, but most players have a weird relationship with their, not home press, but just their home federations. Their home, their home um, cycle. I mean, like, even like Federer yeah. had an issue with, with the Basel tournament, I can think of. Yeah, it's like yeah, not uncommon. I mean, Lina in China was oh, a yeah. much more common. And I think back to Lina quite a bit, or, or even players like, like Simona Halep, or maybe not Andy Murray, but maybe Andy Murray earlier on in his career before he was completely embraced, well, as embraced as he could be by the Brits. But mm-hmm. that there was this, um, a, they really were, they really loved playing outside of their country because they could be unshackled from all the baggage that playing in their home country could could possibly bring. And so there was a little bit of that with Delpo. There was, and it was always an interesting thing because when we talk about charisma, so often we talk about somebody who is extroverted and high energy and quick like a Petkovich or something. Yeah, exactly. Charming. Oh, what a great interview. Like, oh, yeah. great. Oh, absolutely quotable. And, oh, I had a great time in their press. Con- you know, all that sort of stuff is what which we is think all great. about. Which is all great. Love that. And it is charming but and charismatic. But there is that quiet charisma that Adelpo had that was very unique to him. And when you say that, like, he drew you in, that's totally what he did. There was, I often talk about, like, you know, there are certain tennis players, like, and one that, that, that always comes to mind to me is, like, Bianca. Like, mm-hmm. where yes. when you, when you watch them, they are the, the protagonist of that match. Like, at, no matter what it, 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 and it's weird. It doesn't necessarily come from results. I mean, like, this Bianca on-court charisma, this thing where she takes you on a ride and entertains you that whole time, it was starting in Auckland that year. Like, it's not just because she became an Indian Wells champion and then we started caring. It was just like, she just had it. And Delpo has a very similar thing. Like, it's this quiet thing. It's that absolute moment of stillness right before when he loads up on that forehand where it's like everyone holds their breath. Like, the stadium just goes quiet and then you just hear that like low growl come out of him and that ball and the, the way he hit the ball sounded so different than anyone else's. And he just kind of growled through the hit. I remember in Cincinnati, I think it was Delpo really that like made me fall in love with the, the opportunity that we get in Cincy to sit down in the photographer's pit. Yeah, it was it was a couple of Delpo matches where I'm like, this is the greatest thing that I've ever experienced. Like just sitting here and just like being mesmerized by how it looked, how it sounded. And just also we take for granted as well, how like how absurd of an athlete he was. This dude's like what, like six, six. Yeah. He was one of, he was, he the was one, one really, of the first, he, he who, changed who broke, it. who broke the mold of being yep. like, I can be a big guy and can also move around before this was seen as very much an either or in men's tennis. Like you'd have people like, even Isovich or Krychek, I guess, or Karlovich, certainly in that category. Maybe yeah, even Roddick players, was put, yeah. maybe Roddick even was put in there. Sort of like if you're a big hitter, you're going to be not the best, most agile person on there, and you've one or the other. Whereas now, that's kind of all we see. He's actually, you know, this is purely a genetic thing, so it's hard to say he's a trendsetter per se. But like we're seeing more and more big guys like your Medvedevs, like your Sitsipasas, Berrettini, you know, who are Berrettini's not the best mover, but you know, who but who are big and strong and can also move around and delpo was you know kind of was the first mold breaker of that i believe he's still i want to say he's still the tallest slam champ maybe that's maybe that's wrong is he taller than chillich i that could be wrong i'll cut that but he's (laughs) he was a tall boy (laughs) 
<laughs> he was a tall boy. He was a he was a tall boy. Yeah, no, but I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like we we focus on the the forehand and stuff. But I remember sitting in in that pit in Cincinnati and just watching him move laterally, you know, on that baseline and just someone that tall and that just shouldn't be able to do what he was able to do defensively on a, on a court. And that's really what made him, you know, the world beater that he was. I mean, there were a lot of players who can hit a big ball, but the fact that he could kind of do it all, you know, he could still defend, he could still counter punch. He could, you know, he had the big serve, he had the forehand, but he could run in and out of the corners and, and, and hurt you. That's what set him apart at the time. And and still to this day, I mean, you know, obviously we see that with like the Medvedevs and stuff like that and Tsitsipas and things like that. But, but at the time, and still to this day, just because of the power quotient, they're, they're just nothing, nothing like Delpo. Yeah, completely. I looked it up. He was at the time the tallest Grand Slam champion at six foot six. At uh, the time, been, yes. That has okay. been equaled. No, no, he still is though. Okay, it's been equaled okay. by Chilich and Medvedev, who are both also apparently six foot six, according to this blurb. So Delpo still head and shoulders above most. Uh, I know Lindsay Davenport is the tallest women's uh, Slam champ. I knew that one, but anyway, so Delpo is. Uh, it's there, and and it was tough, you know, in a lot of ways watching his his final match in Argentina because it wasn't the same, and there was this air of just sort of pity, honestly, there uh, from everybody except for the racket of Federico Del Bonus. Uh, just briefly, like if people didn't see this match, especially at the end of it, the bonus was up a set and a break. Del Potro was like fighting back tears, and the crowd was sort of ole ole oleing, and he couldn't really move very well at all. And Del Bonus was hitting these like early rally drop shots, and. We are not new to this sport, Courtney and I. We've watched a lot of tennis or sports in general. <laughs> this this was this was something that's like yes, it's clearly within the rules. It's tactically smart, but like the reading the room factor was felt low to me. The thing about it is like people got so mad at me when I tweeted like you know like same with me yeah you, best you best more, of luck at yeah. you. But yeah, like people were so mad, and I was and the funny thing about it was it wasn't that people were mad. It, you know what I think is a legit argument is that because if Del Bonus looks across the net and he sees how tough and emotional this is for, for Delpo, it's almost like, you know, I'm being merciful here. I'm not shooting out your kneecaps. Ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't. The, but see, but see, I accept that as a rational argument, whether or not true or not, I accept that as an argument because there's a kindness there, theoretically. But everybody coming back to me was like, this is sports. And I'm like, yeah, it's also a beloved dude's last match. Like, I don't know, maybe chill out a little bit. And, and he's just not really four- competitive in this match. Yeah, just hit the hit, hit, hit some forehands in the corner. Like, you know, the other argument is, well, it was probably they're really good friends. Del Bonus might have been really nervous as well. Yeah. He didn't want to do that. So he was drop shotting. Again, those are valid arguments I would have accepted. But the argument of this is sports, suck it up and put your big boy pants on. It's like, dude, okay, calm Calm the F down. It's tennis. It's a packed stadium. I mean, because it's you not, know it's not the like, guy's not going to come on. No, because there's certainly matches like, let's get way off track here, but it's like 2007 Serena versus Hantikova when she was like cramping Wimbledon right. and came back to win where like the person was still like sort of like threatening in some way. Delpo was just was just not anywhere near his best at all in this match. And like, even if somehow... He had, you know, won that second set. He was not winning a third. Like, so he was already down like three fives. Anyway, all this to say, just sort of an eye-rolling moment as the tears were watering. It's like, I also am annoyed by this. this Like, it was fine up until the last game. Because up until, but it was just the last game. Like, bro, come on. Just like in front of his mom, dude. His sister's right there. 
like, again, read the room, just play it out. You know, like this, no one needs this. And and Delpo would have given it to you, bro. Also, he could barely put anything in the court. Like it was not, or could run down anything. So yeah. just, you know, four hands into the corner, control the baseline. You're, 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 you know, start to finish 45 seconds. You're good to go in that last game, whatever. Indeed. But, you know, I'll read some more books about sports and then I'll, maybe I'll understand <laughs> sports more. Get in the arena, Courtney. All right. So, <laughs> so we have here for the main part of the episode, someone who was at, at, at Buenos Aires for these last matches and who was with Del Po through his whole career from sort of juniors uh, onwards uh, to the end. Alfredo Bernardi of La Nacion. Enjoy our conversation here. Very happy to be joined on this week's episode of No Challenges Remaining by Alfredo Bernardi, who was a longtime journalist for La Nacion in Argentina covering tennis and the career of Juan Martin Del Potro, uh, who Sounded like he was retiring uh, this week in uh, last week, actually now in, in Buenos Aires, uh, playing his final match against Federico Del Bonas in front of a big crowd, lots of emotion in the stadium and everything. So we thought it would be a good time to sort of look back at the career of Delpo here. Uh, Alfredo, thank you for for being on the show. Hi, Ben. Hello. How are you, everybody? It's a pleasure to be here with you. What was the scene like for for Del Potro's match? It was very it was very special because I have the opportunity to watch Juan Martin the Friday before the tournament, making a, a, a trainee. We saw we we were with other colleagues and friends, like hiding. Look at look at him, and it's not the the the, the old Juan Martin. He has his his, his leg is has problem in his his right leg the um, kneecap uh, he, he broke the kneecap in three years ago and, and it would be very hard for him because he has four four injuries so the, the comeback is very hard for him it was like um, emotional match with the bonis one unfortunately play like a former player he's not a, he's not fit. Mm. So it was very, it was very, very sad for the people because the, the, the end of the match with Juan Martin crying and telling that it, it could be the end because he has the possibility to play in Rio and all. Then he decided to not to play there, but all the crowd was crying and it was like a, a special TV show. Uh, after the match, with, with uh, the, the, the the people feeling that it's the end of one of the most important sportsmen of, of our country, I think that Juan Martin is in is in the history of of, of not only tennis, Argentine tennis, but all on the other uh, sports. He's like Ginobili, he's like Villas, he's like Sabatini, he's like De Vincenzo, he's like Fangio, he's like. Uh, Maradona, because he's one of the most important sportsmen that, that our country gave to us. So it was a special moment. And I don't know if, if it will be the last dance of, of Juan Martin. I think that it is possible that he took the pressure of himself. He has a big pressure. It was a pressure that he had during his career. Um, maybe he will be back again to the doctor and make a special, special uh, match during the European uh, season. 
Yeah, you never know. You never know. With, with, you never know. We've, we've seen lots of athletes come back, uh, but obviously, yeah, like you said, it, it was not the same Delpo that we're used to seeing. It's clearly, uh, clearly limited. It was sad to see him, you know, unable to uh, to compete. There were still a few moments, you know, a few forehands that looked uh, familiar, uh, yeah. but uh, not nothing like the the old magic, unfortunately. It was it was very hard for him. He he tried to to make many many uh, trainments during the, the the weeks before the tournament in another club with uh, many Argentinian players, and he had to quit. He has a special trainment with uh, Sebastian Baez that he has to quit in the middle of the tournament because he can uh, he can move. It mm. was impossible to him, so it it was. It was very, very, very sad what happened with him. It's, it's, it's incredible that the guy who played a long 16 seasons at the tour left five years and a half for injuries. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I was a guy who was a, a very a, a important warning for the big four, no? you know, Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, and Murray don't want to play with him when, when, when Delpo was fit. So I think it was a very, very, very tough guy. It was like also a very cool guy because the people uh, around the world like to see him and, and, yeah. and like his and like his behavior. So it will be it's a sad moment for the sport, I think. Yeah, let's let's go back to the sort of the beginning of, of his yeah. career and even even before the beginning of his career. Yeah. So tennis in Argentina, men's tennis in Argentina, um, at this time. There was the famous uh, two Argentines in the final of the of Roland Garros in two thousand four with uh, Gaudio mm-hmm. and and uh, and Coria. Gaudio and Coria, yes, and uh, you know, and and Nalbandian was the top ten player at this point. There was a lot of a lot of talent in uh, Argentine tennis. Mariana Puerta made the final the next year. It's a different sort of story, uh, obviously with his his controversy. Um, what was what was the sort of state of? But you of, have you have you have before you have before another another guy who was Guillermo Villas, who's the father. Of, oh, of the course, of course, Argentina. yes, even before that, yes, and Sabatini. That, and, and there's Sab- yeah. you, you have you have a story that began. Tennis is a very important sport in Argentina, you know, to everybody. They have uh, a lot of centenary clubs in in our country. It has a, a lot of tradition. It's a sport with with a big tradition. You have a player during the 50s who was Enrique Morea. You have also in the 60s Norma Bailon. But the explosion, the big bang of the tennis was Guillermo Villas at the 70s. He was a guy who won four Grand from uh, four mayors, 62 Grand Slam, uh, 62 uh, ATP titles. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the, the, the second chapter was Gabriela Sabatini. And then at the beginning of this century was La Legión. Who was uh, a group of people who, in which uh, they are Coria, Nalbandian, Gaudio, Chela, Caleri, Zabaleta, Jose Acasuso, was plenty of players who went to the to the tour and uh, have the the Senate in 2004 when with Gaudio and Coria uh, played the first Argentinian final of a Grand Slam. Yeah, and only until today. Yeah. So, in all of that time, what was, I guess, the anticipation uh, for Juan Martín Del Potro's career when he was a, a junior? I'd heard about him before he became a big pro. He was someone who was already talked about 
um, as as being a, a a future star. But what, yeah, what, in, Arge- in Argentina, what was the what was the expectation for for Delpo? Yes, it was it was very special because he was like the last bagon of, of of La Legión. It was very, it was very young. You have to understand that Argentina have a lot of in history have a lot of economic crisis, and one of the big economic crises was held in two thousand one. At this moment, La Legión and all the places I, I I told you as a big moment at the at the at the tour Juan Martin. Uh, was a, a guy of with uh, 12 years old who play and uh, grow up in Tandil. Tandil is uh, a, a city, is a mid-class city in Buenos Aires province. Buenos Aires province is the most important, most important uh, state of, of our country who developed plenty of tennis players. From Tandil came Perez Roldan, Zabaleta, Juan Monaco, Machi Gonzalez, and... Juan Martín del Potro. It was when I was young, everybody talked about a guy who was a tall guy who defeated everybody with 10 and 12 years. And I knew him for the first time making an interview to Zabaleta in Tandil. His former coach of Mariano, Eduardo Infantino, told me about this guy. And I watched him in the, at the club in Tandil. It was incredible. He has to, like other Argentinian players, have to uh, save money for travel and it was very funny because in 2003 he went to play Orange Bowl of uh, 16 mm-hmm. but he he had 14 he played two hours two, two, age, uh, two years below his his age of the age so what happened was that the organization told, uh, told to the media that Juan Martin lost in quarterfinals, so say okay, he lost in, in, in 16 and goodbye. Two months later, a guy of, of uh, head who the, 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 the rackets uh, label mm-hmm. called me to the newspaper and say, Why nobody in nobody write in the newspapers about the Delpo winning in, in orange at the Orange Bowl? I say, he lost in quarterfinal. No, he won the tournament. What? Two two months later, in March, hmm. in in in, yes, yes, in February, and the tournament was held in December. So, are you, are you serious? He won the tournament. So I call again to to Miami, hmm. and it was true. He won. So we we apologized at the newspaper, telling that. Uh, we don't know what happened. That the organizations told us the the the, the a wrong stop, a score. It was happened to all the media. And nobody knows that he won. And two months later, incredible in this time of internet and and other and other things, yeah. we put on the newspaper. We apologize, Juan Martin. He won the Orange Bowl. And then, and at this moment, when we knew that he won the Orange Bowl, his career was. We we be, we began to look his career with with most uh, interest. Yeah. To clarify this very quickly, Del Potro did indeed lose in the quarterfinals of the 16s at the Orange Bowl, but he won the 14s, the lower division, and no one in Argentina noticed that other victory of his. His the the, the next step was he was included in national teams, junior teams, 
at this moment it was like i told you we had a big crisis big economic crisis so it was very tough for the national federation to send players to, to players abroad so he has to buy to the tournaments by himself and then in 2004 uh, during a copa davis uh, davis cup match tie in in belarus the captain decided to put him like the fifth player of the of the team so then he began to grow up and play well and and and, and everybody talked saying that he will be the next guy of of our country in tennis yeah and I remember, I remember the anticipation too, because obviously this was a, a time in men's tennis with a lot of attention. On the stars, Federer was number one at this point, and Nadal was coming up, going ahead a little bit towards you know, oh five, oh six, oh seven, oh eight, and 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 Delpo made a big splash on the tour in two thousand eight. In that summer, he won four ATP titles in a row, mm. winning I think uh, Hamburg, I think was the first one, maybe or. He began, uh, I think, Kisbuchel, Washington. Kisbuchel, Washington, and Los Angeles. And there was one more yeah, on, so in, on the clay, too. And, and yeah, so I guess, and from then on, clearly he was considered a, a major talent. Won, what was, yeah. And Washington, and Washington was, yeah. So he won four titles in a row, and it was the big explosion of, of him. And then he took part of the national Davis Cup team. Mm-hmm. He played with Nalbandian and he played two single matches at the semifinals against Russia. Argentina became uh, runner-up of the of the Davis Cup, and I thought that in that in that moment was a, a very famous final in in Mar del Plata against Spain. Yeah, the problems or, or the first big problem appeared for. To, to Juan Martin because until that moment, until that final, he was like a cheerful guy, very, very, very happy always. And he has like a big discussion with with Nalbandian, with David Nalbandian. And at that moment, we everybody everybody thought that his life and his public life changed. How so? When when he won the the, the four titles, he became the the youngest player at the tour who uh, qualified for a master. He went to Shanghai. Mm-hmm. The week after after the master will be held the, the final. So Nalbandian at that moment was the, like the boss of the team. And he said, I don't agree very much that you went to Shanghai to play the, the master. But, you know, if you... Be, if you be the most the, the youngest guy of the of the tour to qualify to Shanghai and also you know that it's a master and the other tournament master is especially a tournament that you can uh, sign new contracts with the sponsors you have to go yeah so between the between the jet lag when he come back to, to Argentina between the jet lag another star fights because they they, they, they fight like like uh like dogs, it was incredible. Yeah. Argentina lose a big opportunity to win his first David Cup final at home. Yeah, it was famous, and in the moment, the people began to see him uh, like you know. The, here is like we, we are Latins, so we have like 
the national matches in in every sports in popular sports are like uh, a life or, or or die, you know, yeah, or death. And also he has at that moment also communication problems. One of the big mis- mistake of, of Juan Martin during his career was the communication, mm-hmm. especially with the press, with local press. What was what was the what was the issue with the local press and Adelpo at that time? Because uh, he, he, his father, who passed away last year, has a very very um, special character and don't like many many things that that the press write or or says. So it was very hard to them to to the family to understand a lot of things that the press uh, write about him. It was about this, it was not personal things. It was about during his, his matches or his tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like very jealous about what the press write or say about him. So he took, he took, we under, we, we, we only, we always say that we think that Juan in this point, he took a wrong way. Because he has to talk and he has to, he must be talked more than that than he do, no? Yeah. Well, this is also it maybe is. Sorry. part of the story about uh, getting your perspective on it is that Juan Martin's relationship with with tennis in Argentina was always, uh, you know, sometimes difficult. I mean, he doesn't, he didn't play the Buenos Aires tournament for for many years. Um, he played Delray Beach, Delray Beach instead. Um, yes, and that had yes. to create some more some more friction. Yes, a lot of journalists last week wrote about it was incredible. He has now a good relation with Martin Heite, who is the uh, director of the tournament. And during fifteen years before, he didn't he don't want to talk with him. Also, mm-hmm. he has several problems with between Martin Heite and Juan Martin when. Haite was the captain of the national team, so it's it's very it's very hard to understand what 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 happened now. If you take a look of all the of all of the Juan Martin story history, no, no, just looking at his, his track record too, you just see him barely ever playing in Buenos Aires. It's very notable, and it's interesting that was where. Possibly his last match. He don't. Because, he don't want. Yeah. He played. He played. He, he played Rotterdam. He played Delray Beach. He played a lot of Dubai, tournaments. He, yeah. he, Dubai. He always choose a tournament so far, far away from one. Was that just about surface? Maybe did she like hardcore more than than clay? Is that part of it? No, you don't think so. No, because he played. He grew up in, in clay court, so it will be. I think is that there was a big, big, like little fights. So he fight with the board of the National Association. He has yeah. a, a big fight. He has the fight with Haite. It was in a moment who was he? He don't want to to be part of. His father has a lot of influence with him, and the things have to have had to be done like his father uh, said. You understand? Yeah. So it was very hard. It's very, it was very hard for him to play Davis Cup, to play the tournament in Buenos Aires, because if his father say you don't have to play there, it's probably that Juan Martin didn't play in Buenos Aires or didn't play the Davis Cup until he he 
he can fix the, all the problems and he can, he can feel sure and confidence of all the people that he has behind him, he play and, 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 and he do the things. You understand? He, he's, he's, a, he's a guy that he has some insecurities. Yeah, a sensitive so, guy. Yeah. He's a, a sensitive guy. Okay. Yes, that's right. He's, I, th I think, and I believe that he's a fantastic player. He's the second player after Vilas in our country. Mm -hmm. But he has this, this, that, these sensitive things knock him very, 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 yeah. or usually. Well, at this time in 2009, now in chronologically, as we're talking, he's still playing very well. He, you know, wins Auckland to start the year and makes quarterfinals in Australia, semifinals at Roland Garros, loses a five-set uh, semifinal to Federer there, um, and wound up being Federer's only Roland Garros title. So it's a big match for Federer. And after mm -hmm. Nadal had lost early in that in that tournament to Robin Soderling, and then uh, he comes back to the U.S. He wins Washington again. He makes the final of uh, Canada, and then he wins the U.S. Open, uh, beating. Nadal in the semifinals very easily, 6-2, 6-2, 6-2, and then Federer in the final, yeah, in a five-set final. Um, and it was a big shock. Federer had won five U.S. Opens in a row at this point. This was a big upset. Del Potro was number six, but still it was a big upset for Federer to lose uh, this match. And Federer had just won the French Open at Wimbledon that year. So what, what, I guess, what was the reaction in Argentina to Del Po uh, winning this Grand Slam? No, it was, this, it was the step to become a a big and, an, and a great player for us because all the people, not only the tennis, the tennis people, so it, it, all, it will be the, all the all the country know about him. So it was became popular and became a, a famous sports a sportsman. So it was a new a new page for for his career for us because the people want to see him. Who is this guy who played very well and he can defeat? Nadal, he can defeat Federer. He's like a, it's, it's a uh, strong, tall, and and and, and he's a charismatic player at the moment. So, yeah. and also he came from Mar del Plata final. It was it was like a, a Jean and Jen, you know, because yeah. everybody knows what happened with the fight with Nalbandian. But nine nine uh, months later, he won the U.S. Open. I think that for the Argentinians, Roland Garros is the most important. Grand Slam, and the mm -hmm. second one is the US Open. If, mm. if, if you make a ranking in here, they say, okay, Roland Garros, US Open, and then Wimbledon Australian Open. So it's, okay. it was very, it was, it was a big, uh, it was a, a big moment for for our sport, and it was the he won like Milas won and like Sabatini won in, in their moment. So it was very, 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 very important for for our country. How much, I guess, pressure was there on him after that to? To, to win more. I mean, he was playing in this time of these incredible other players at the top of men's tennis and Federer and everyone knows Federer and Nadal. Djokovic, Murray was around too then also as a contender uh, in this era already. Um, was there expectation this was going to be the first Grand Slam of of many more Grand Slams or was it just seen as sort of a, a miracle that he won one? No, 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 no. We 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 understand we try we understand that he, that that tournament will be the first of Grand Slam of many different than other Argentinian players. Yeah. 
when Gaudio, when Gaudio won Roland Garros in 2004, we say, okay, it would be this, could be another more. But when Juan Martin won the US Open in 2009, we thought it would be the first of many. So his all his problems began six months later when the right wrist made the announce and he has to go to the first surgery of his life, no? Yeah. No, that's right. So he says, that, that, that's that's another story. No, but that, that but that is the story with him. Yeah. No, everything changes for him. Everything changes. And also in all the moments that he was at the top of the hill mm-hmm. and had to make the and make the jump to be better, he has a physical problem and went to the surgery. Hmm. 2009. We have the wrist surgery in 2010. In 2013, we have to go back for the left wrist, go back to the surgery. And when he when he when he reached the the third place at the ranking, it was the best ranking in his life in 2008. 2018. He uh, have the problem is he in his cap knee, he yeah. broke the cap knee of the right leg, and it was the end of. And he had four surgeries, and you have now what happened with him. It was it, it, it's sad, it's sad, and unfortunately, but it's 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 it's, it's weird because in, in in every moment that he has to do the jump for, for his best moment, he has a physical problem. Man, right after the after the big moment. So, you know, he wins. Ah, he gets after. number three. And then, he, yeah, wins, yeah. he wins number three. And we thought when he reached the number three that he will have the opportunity to be, to be the number one of the world because mm-hmm. it was a good moment to reach the number one of the world because Djokovic were hiring... Uh, Nadal and Feder, and it was like yeah. it, it was the moment. 2019 was the moment for Juan Martin, an hypothetical moment to fight for the number one of the world. And he has the problem, and have to go to the to the hospital. Yeah. No, he was in 2019. He it was seeming to once he came back, he seemed okay at first, and then I was at the tournament in in London, the Queens Club tournament, where he slips on the. On the grass, yes. Shapovalov and and everything that's, hurts. That's again. right. No, that's the end. Yes, but 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 at the moment that he fell in in Shanghai and broke his uh, cap knee, reaching the the, the 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 third place of the ranking, we imagine to be to be more clear, we imagine that it will be the moment to jump for and, and and take the number one of the world because it was a it was a special moment in tennis to 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 reach that position it's not the federer and nadal big moment i i think in in the in the global tennis world uh there was a lot of sympathy for for delpo and all of his injuries and uh, and pity you know for him as well and and just sadness mm. he, i think he made people sad that he was this very popular guy who was never able to you know stay on tour very long for for these long mm. stretches what was the what was was that similar in argentina where is there more sort of i don't know no, frustration it's similar. or yeah. it's similar 
yeah. it's similar because uh, that I told you one of the most important things in his career is the is his behavior yeah it's a guy it's a guy it's, it's very very he's smart and never has a never have a problem and and, and his his behavior on the court is one was wonderful always the people like to see this kind of players yeah and, no, definitely and, and they play have two two things he play well and he has a good behavior so it's is the the best combo that you want to want for a player Definitely. No, he, he was very, very popular and very charismatic in certainly in the U.S. and the U.S. Open and in Washington. I saw him many times and I live in Washington and and there's always a lot of Ar- Ar- lot, sometimes, you know, Argentine fans would come to watch him. And there was a good amount of Argentine support uh, wearing the, the soccer jerseys and everything you could see mm-hmm. uh, in the stands. But also it was just more than just that. It was it, big audiences everywhere. Wimbledon, at New York, at wherever. He, he was very, very. Yeah, he he had a he was attractive to people and in, in, in this in this with his charisma, and and really was very very easy to uh, to support and to root for, for for audiences and had a unique kind of gift in that way. Yes, and also he will be all his life a, a U.S. Open champion. Yeah. So for for your country, uh, who has like a a tennis legacy. Mm-hmm. It's very important, and only life you will recognize a U.S. Open champion. Yeah. So it's very, it's very important. So I think that what is one of the reasons that he's also popular in your country. Yeah, but I think even compared to people with similar achievements, let's say like Marin Cilic, you know, like who also won U.S. Open and also won one Masters event because Delpo won one Masters event in in Indian Wells. Uh, Delpo is a much much more popular figure than than Chilich, and that's yeah. nothing against Chilich. It's just it's uh, it's to say that he just has a, a sort of a warm energy yeah, that I think people right. recognize yeah. and and really uh, it's very magnetic for people. Um, yes, that's true. So so yeah, so it's so that's I think a part part of why people uh, around mm-hmm. the world were so sad to see this this news uh, this month about his you know possible retirement announcement. Um, that seems to be the point. At least now he's saying it's final. Um, that uh, yeah, it's just sort of a great deal of, of regret. He's seen as sort of a uh, uh, a tragic, you know, figure in in mm. some ways. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, he's he's and he still be a different player than the other that you talk the tall. So I think that that is the reason that. I don't know if if Silic or other player has the chance to uh, make a movie like Juan Martin is doing now with with uh, Star Plus. It's like all the all the story of his recovering mm-hmm. since the the, the last uh, injury in 2018. So I don't know if uh, if if other players are are uh, making movies like him and trying to. Come back again. I think that was like uh, I click for his career. Uh, I, I I think that the, the end not coming yet for him. Maybe we will have a chance. It's a, it's a small it's small small chances, but I think yeah. don't, don't don't don't. I just think physically. I just think physically, it's a, a mountain. Physically, of, it's of impossible because yeah. because he's he's not fit. He's not good. 
we, we, we saw it. But I think that doing what he do last week, like I told you, he took the pressure off and maybe he tried to do another another uh, round in the future. I mean, he's 33 now, which is old in the previous generations of tennis, but now obviously Federer... He's young, he's young. Before. Now it's young, so... We'll see. I, I I'm not optimistic about that, but I, I hope that whatever it is that uh that he has uh, some some peace and uh, tranquility in uh in his in his decision and in his uh his future because it's difficult. And I think he said, you know, he came back to play at Buenos Aires, you know, to say goodbye, not necessarily thinking it was the start of a a big yes, but he but he don't but he don't say goodbye. He didn't say goodbye. He didn't say goodbye. He said, will be. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So... You think he's leaving the door open? Exactly. Okay. It's a door open with a little light. If he's, a obviously, light. if he's in a position where he's physically capable of playing again and, and ready and wants to, it would be a very popular decision. It would be a surprise at this point, I think, but it would be a very popular uh very popular change uh, because obviously people were very sad to say uh, to see him saying goodbye in this uh, when he was so limited on court. I think that it not be the way to say goodbye like he did in Buenos Aires last week. Yeah, we'll see. He, he, no, it's not. He, he must say goodbye with, uh, I think, with an exhibition, with Federer, with... Mm, mm. No, 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 it's not the way, it's not the way to say goodbye for a kind of player that Juan Martin was. Yeah. I understand, yeah, certainly an exhibition in Buenos Aires. They did one before, Federer and, and Delpo. I say Federer can be, can be Rafa, can be Djokovic, I don't know. No. He, he, he deserved another final. It's not a final for him. So you're you're saying not a not a you know complete career comeback playing on the tour, totally. But no, no, no. But yeah, yeah. He okay. Can he can make many matches? I don't know. Maybe he he tried to 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 put again feet and say okay you, to the U.S. Open uh, board. I I I want I want a wild card to play the the, the U.S. Open and say goodbye. Plus Meadows, I don't know, but I think that something could be. We we, we could have a, a surprise in the future. We could have. Okay, let's see. Well, we'll have to wait and see. One one more question. There was the the news uh, recently in Argentina. I think maybe in January, about um, after his father's death, that mm. uh, there were some money issues with with around his father. Um, can you explain what what was going on there? We we received the note, the, the all the news like you. At, uh, it was uh, two special TV programs. It was in, a, in an open open channel of, of Buenos Aires who told about the depths of his father. Juan Martin doesn't didn't say nothing about uh, this issue. The TV show put on the screen a lot of checks signed by her father. And nobody has all, and, and, and we knew about there is some some of the, some uh, issues at uh, at the justice, but 
we don't know nothing officially from Del Potro and his family, no. but we we think that is that the, that is true that there is many problems. But I don't know his like the TV shows told to the people that he's in the bankrupt. We, we don't know that. Yeah. Well, again, that just made people, I think, additionally sad. Yeah, sad news. Yes, yeah. it was. It, it's everything because you have two, three weeks before of the tournament, the the the, 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 the this this news, and then we have his uh, announcement of his last last uh, show uh, at Buenos Aires tournament of Argentina Open. So there is like mixed feelings, you know, with Juan because we don't know if his economics problems are are true are, are real and also we have a last appearance of the tournament saying like a first goodbye so uh, we don't know really what happened with his uh, with his uh, economy yeah well again wishing him all the best there and in everything in his uh, in his life do you think that he will he will stay involved in, in tennis in, in Argentina. Do you think he could be a, a Davis Cup captain or something like that in the future? Or do you think that he wants to, to maybe, away from, maybe. Away it's, 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 it's possible. I don't know. He's very, he's very, very early to early to, to think this, this possibility, but maybe in the future, uh, he, he could be because he was, uh, one of the four guys who took part of the team who won the only Davis Cup. Yeah, we didn't mention that. For Argentina. Right. Yeah, that was big. It was big. And, and he came back to do it in 2016 during two years of conversation, talking, going back and say, I don't want to play. And he, I want to play. All the things to, he, he makes the things. The thing had to be done at the way that he wanted, always. Mm. When he can do like he wanted, he play. And he make the atmosphere with the other guys. The other guys understand that he, he, he needs Juan Martin to win the Davis Cup. And it was a big atmosphere with the players and the captain in Argentina make that dream come true. So it, it was very important also for for that we talked at the beginning for the Argentinian history, sport history, because the Davis Cup was was like a trophy that everybody wants. And Vilas, Gaudio, Korean, Albanian, and a lot of guys can can won. And Delpo did it for us. So yeah. it was very important. Yeah. It was very important for our story. That's a big win over it's a pity. It's a, it's it's incredible that a young guy like him have unfortunately with the injuries and uh, had to left his career but uh, we keep in our memories all, all the best things that he do on on the on the court worldwide definitely well well said well thank you very much uh, alfredo for for your time here talking about him and we'll keep the memories as well and and thank you very much for talking about delpo appreciate it bye bye thank you ben So thank you to Alfredo. Courtney, you're still here. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Ben. Gracias. De nada. Why don't I thank our Slam Champ level backers while I'm here? Thank every episode. 
and they are Susanna W., Sean Mulroy, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Sean Simeon, James Hindle, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, Timothy Liu, and Ashley Keel, and our GOAT backers, Pam Shriver and J-O-D. If you, again, if you want to join up on our Patreon, we'd appreciate it. Patreon.com slash no challenges remaining is where to find us there. Have a good one, folks. Bye. Ciao, ciao. The choice was mine and mine completely. I could have any prize that I desired. I could burn with the splendor of the brightest fire or else, or else I could.